Okay, hello everybody, this is Tyler. This is Lenny. This is the Lenny and Tyler Show! Welcome back. Welcome back, baby. <laughs> Hanging out here at Lenny and Jaxie's home. Just enjoyed a little dinner with them. And, um, and so I thought this week I, I just kind of shared with them before we started recording basically everything that I'm <laughs> that I had that I've had on my mind um, of late and so we'll just jump right into that so a few podcasts back I think I um, shared a little bit of um, <laughs> I think a, a few podcasts back I think I shared um this poem by Gerard Manley Hopkins that I really like. And so um, maybe I'll just review that real quick. So it's called God's Grandeur, and it uh, it was written in like 1877. So it goes, um, The world is charged with the grandeur of God. It will flame out like shining from shook foil. It gathers to a greatness like the ooze of oil crushed. Why do men then now not wreck his rod? Generations have trod, have trod, have trod. And all is seared with trade, bleared, smeared with toil, and wears man's smudge and shares man's smell. The soil is bare now, nor can foot feel being shod. And for all this, nature is never spent. There lives the dearest freshness, deep down things. And though the last lights off the black west went, oh morning, at the brown brink eastward springs, because the Holy Ghost over the bent world broods with warm breast and with, ah, bright wings. So, um, there was a line in there that, um, that I had to look up to figure out uh, what part of it meant, and then, because uh, I didn't know what wreck meant, so there's the line, why do men then now not wreck his rod? And, um, which means, why do men not pay heed of his rod? And, um, reckon. Why don't uh, they reckon, reckon it? <laughs> Remember it? Um, pay heed of it? And so, um, that line just kind of always stuck out as something that I didn't, I I wasn't really sure exactly what that meant, and um, even even with coming to understand what wreck meant, um, it still stuck out as kind of a sore thumb to me. But uh, recently, um, been studying Psalm twenty three. The church I go to kind of did a series on that, and the uh, the. The famous, I mean, Psalm 23 is super famous, but there's the part that says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And um, come to find out that the rod was the weapon that the shepherd would carry with him to fend off the wild beasts that would that would bring death to the flock. Um, but stick. Yeah, it was basically like a big bat. and But of course, that's not something that he ever uses on the flock. Right. Yeah. 
he uses the staff to guide um, and bring back the sheep that have wandered off and wandered into places they shouldn't be. But the but the rod itself um, is not something that he uses on us. And so then that kind of changes a little bit the whole poem for me in Hopkins' poem. So again, to return to it, it goes, um, you know, the world is charged with the grandeur of God, all that. And then he says, why do men then now not wreck his rod? Generations have trod, have trod, have trod. And kind of think of sheep there, of sheep going their own way, trotting their own paths for generations. And all is seared with trade, bleared, smeared with toil, and wears man's smudge and shares man's smell. The soil is bare now, nor can foot feel being shod. So um, in the light of what we believe is the truth of the New Testament, then to me, the rod um, is, is something different. Because like all language is symbolic, so within Psalm 23, the rod and the staff are just merely symbols and even God as a shepherd is just merely a symbol for the truth of the actuality of something. So so then what in the light of the New Testament would be the the actual rod that of God? What what is that actually <clears throat> symbolic? And, yeah, of? my first thought is when it's talking about the Messiah coming to rule with a rod of iron. Mm. You could like that's the phrase that <clears throat> is used for like the uh the conquering Messiah. One, you have the suffering servant prophecies, and then you have like the the, ki- the kingdom conquering prophecies. And okay, um, if, I, if I can get my phone back, I'll look it up. But <laughs> I don't have it on me. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, that idea of like the the and kings is with their scepters as well, like scepters and rods of ruling. Yeah, the thing I think of. So you have that as the. Um, and that's like what you were saying. So like that's like you know God is your shepherd, and Jesus is the rod that conquers death, fends, and fends off death. Yeah. The the coaxing and the <laughs> still small voice and the wings over the crooked earth are the yeah. is the rod of the Holy Spirit. The, the staff. Yeah, the, the staff. staff. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. The staff that guides and brings peace and yeah. You know, yeah, so that just, <laughs> I was like, oh, that, whoa. That's a Trinity image. It's the Trinity cool. is yeah. right there in Psalm 23, mm-hmm. which it's such an amazing psalm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got everything you need <laughs> in life, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> the so. cheese fiasco. So anyways, that's kind of been... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't spare the rod. <laughs> Yeah, what, um, somebody else was saying that somewhere in the Old Testament it talks about how, like, people, there, was it Moses that would, like, raise up a rod and people would look upon that and be oh, healed? Yeah, what was that? So there was, like, that, that's, like, the snake one. So if they yeah. all get bit by snakes, and he puts, like, a metal snake, I think, or something on a stick and then lifts it up. Okay. And everybody who looks on it gets healed. Yeah. Um, it was interesting, again, like, crucifixion yeah. picture, too. Yeah. Um, and 
I mean, there's I think Moses or somebody else who has the, they're like in a battle, and then I think it was Moses too, but um, like two people come by on either side and like help like lift up his arms because oh, yeah. as long as his arms are up with this like staff, then they keep winning, and but if his arms go down, then they start losing again. So. Okay, yeah. It's real the kids are, um, this pomegranate seed has no color in it what kind of word is that mm. it's like an albino white clear pomegranate seed it's freaking me out um So yeah, I guess that's that was the uh, that's it. That was the big picture. You've <laughs> been thinking about this one for a little bit though. You were talking to me about it even like a week ago. Yeah, I suppose yeah. you know when you like just ruminating. When you, yeah, when mm-hmm. you love something so much and and it finally like the meaning goes a little deeper mm-hmm. and then it unlocks. You find something else that unlocks. Deeper meaning within something you already love. You're like, yeah, that's it's cool. like, oh man, yeah, that just. Ooh, I brought it. I brought it around to the culture corner. I was wondering oh, yeah? how I was going to talk about this, and that, okay. worked, that works out perfectly. Nice. Actually. The uh, the difference between the Mandalorian season and the new Star Wars movies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the new Mandalorian the, season. Well, just the original one. Okay. Even yeah, I've seen some of the new one. Um, but particularly, yeah, I guess a bit in this one, but definitely the first season, where they they use like only aliens from the original series, basically, and they have like there's like a million little callbacks and like shoutouts. Um, when they when they're putting together the team of directors for it, they basically just found people that grew up playing with like Star Wars stories. And, like if they weren't a huge Star Wars nice. fan as yeah, a kid, yeah. they were like out, off the list. Yeah. Um, so you had a bunch of people that already liked and had fun playing with Star okay. Wars. That are like that invested are that, yeah, in, that are invested in, in the uh, holding the integrity right, of, of yeah. the original. So when they're allowed to have some oh. brain playing around, they like have a lot more they they have something that to to add to it or they they've like explained things that didn't make sense before. Like in the in New mm-hmm. Hope there's just like Because they're so Yeah, because they're, they're so, so invested in like um, why would it be this way? Familiar with yeah, the whole they thing. can actually write in, you know, why it was like that yeah. or like bring it back around. Even to the point where there was one, um, uh, one the troop transports the stormtroopers show up in this like transport and get dropped off, and you know, they were talking about how like that wasn't actually ever in Star Wars, but it was a Kenner toy back in like the seventies or eighties or whatever. So there's like oh, this, yeah. this needed something to just like sell like oh you can put all your stormtroopers in this and drive it around like a car, but they made the actual version of it for the filming to put into the series. Nice. <laughs> so just stuff like that. We're just like people that already appreciated something and then there's like a deeper like a deeper thing to unlock from yeah. that as well yeah. as opposed to like the sequel movies or most of the new like movie movies was yeah. just like I think yeah people that maybe weren't as invested in the original yeah. series or they weren't I don't know that they were just like throw money at it till it makes us money you know, yeah. I know there was like some yeah. some heart that was not there um, mm-hmm. this can just really apparent when you watch you know this group of people that got a play with a giant budget and just basically play Star Wars again and <laughs> film it. That's so. awesome. Jaxie just rejoined us. So we were we were realizing or we were talking about how for, like for me with that 
poem, I loved that poem so much, but then through studying Psalm 23, it unlocked a deeper meaning within the, the thing that I already loved. Um, and, and so... So naturally, Star Wars came up. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of like but, that's the most culturally thing I've been thinking about lately. But is there any? Can you think of any any things like that where you've loved something and then something outside, apart from um, the thing that you love, uh, you know, sh- sheds new light that mm-hmm. then you come back to the thing you love and you realize, oh my God, it's, it's even more beautiful than I ever. Can think about it for a second. Here's the here's the one in the Mandalorian. Okay, okay. <laughs> in a New Hope, you have just like Jawas, this Jawa encampment that's been like shot up, and there's a bunch of like cloaks on the ground just mm. happening mm-hmm. together, but there's no bodies. They're just like like the bodies were just like not there. But why would they leave the cloaks there? And so it was just like it seemed like kind of like a funding thing that they just like didn't have time to <laughs> make it look right in the original movie. So I think like the first or second episode, it might even be the first episode, the guy like shoots a Jawa with this like disintegrator thing and the the whole job like goes to dust but his cloak just like flops on the ground yeah. like oh that's the whole reason <laughs> why there was just cloaks and no bodies and back in like the 70s <laughs> so yeah it's been like 30 whatever years and <laughs> it's like finally an explanation that somebody wrote in to like why that was like that um i feel like you should have gus on this show and just have Lenny and Gus just talk about Star Wars. Wars. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I can't... No modern example, I guess, comes to mind, and it doesn't even really apply. The thing that came to my mind, I was a nanny right out of high school, Mm -hmm. and I loved it. I loved those kids. I... I... Yeah. And then I came back to the... Because I was a nanny overseas, and so I came back to the States... I'm, life goes on, blah, 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 met Lenny. Still, then shortly after we got married, I was a nanny again. And I loved those kids. Like, you would not... I didn't think you could love anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's so different. You have your own kids. Mm. And parenting things that made sense before, like, as a nanny or just as a human, like, different light when you have kids. Like, it's just... It just hits so... I mean, close to home doesn't even begin to cover it, you know? Just little things throughout the day, too. You'll go to say out loud, you know? Like, they're, we're so hungry. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm going to take care of you. Have I ever not cared for you, son? Mm -hmm. And then as I say it, I just feel like God being like, do you hear yourself? You know? Like, oh, yeah, I do. I hear it, you know? Like, you have always cared for me. Even, you know, and even when I'm surrounded by everything you've given me, I doubt you. Mm-hmm. How could I doubt you? Look at what's around me, you know. Yeah. But, and of course, it's, you know, that's just kids. You know, they're not like doubting my love for them, really. But they're just so, it's hard to stop and really appreciate things. And like, yeah. And I think as children of God, we don't even realize we go to him with these things and he's like do you see what's around you you know Mm -hmm. i also feel like he's given us each other a lot too and we take these needs to god and and i think he's kind of like i've surrounded you with people that love you and want to care for you and have everything you need to you know but we're really inward focused and we're really you know and like i don't know that's going down a different rabbit hole i think but 
that was the only thing that came to mind when you were talking about, yeah, just that that rod and staff guide different, you know, now that you see it in that different light. Mm-hmm. Ooh, oh, another one. Yeah. Just a verse specifically that took on a new meaning. Um, a cord of three strands is not easily broken is a verse uh, in the Bible. Cool thing, right? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of applications for that, right? Like Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, you know. Yeah. But um, in utero, the umbilical cord is made of three strands. What? Uh-huh. And I think that's pretty cool. And it is like really hard really to break. Hard to break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Huh. <laughs> that's so, crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I can always bring any conversation back to babies birth. and birth. Yes. <laughs> it's built in it's built into the fabric of the universe. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. Yep. Triangles are my favorite shape. Three points where two lines meet. Toe to toe, baby. Some Alt J for you, folks. <laughs> Let's tessellate. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, well, yeah, that's kind of you know, all that I've yeah. thought of the day. The only other thing that's been on my mind is the thing about the epistemology stuff. Coming to know truth. How do we yeah. come to know truth? Were you making oh, yeah. coffee when we were talking about that, Lenny? Mm, yeah, maybe. Maybe a little bit. Um, I think I was talking with, with Pete about this, and something that he said made, made me think of, oh, yeah, like, um, that's very much like... Chesterton says, you know, the best judge of uh, Christianity would be the fully engaged Christian with a sincere and teachable heart, um, basically. And then he says the next best judge would be the person who, um, you know, like the Tibetan monk maybe who knows nothing of it and grew up completely apart from it and is able to come to the story and read it as an outsider and just you know, be pretty objective about it. And then the worst judge of all is the ill-tempered or, or, or the ill-educated Christian slowly turning into the ill-educated, ill-tempered agnostic who's engaged in the end of an argument of which he never understood the beginning, who's grown tired of hearing that which he never heard. And that makes me think of, I feel like that would be so true in marriage Um, or just in relationship with, you know, like I think of my relationship with my parents or something in times where I've been jaded towards them. And it's like, but that's not really, I'm like the worst judge then at that point of who they are. Right. Um, But in the best, the best of me would be, the, the best judge of them would be the son that, knows their flaws and knows knows all their um quirks and, and, and short follow and, shortcomings and and is able to see the best in them and encourage that and love that and yeah. draw that out 
you know, I, I would think that would be so true in a, a marriage that, like, the the spouse that's grown jaded towards the other and is constantly criticizing and stuff. I feel like we, I see that sometimes. Mm-hmm. We see that from the outside and are like, oh, man, she's she or he is so unfair and, like, so, or, you know, so critical. Yeah, coming out so critical, the, I guess, would be the thing. Viewpoint, you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, they're obviously not as bad as you make them out to be. Yeah. 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 I know you said the best judge is someone who's close to it and humble enough to take correction. Think. And is in relationship with and with yeah and and so then that it has the that, best interest and respect for the other party involved too. You're not trying to bring them down. You're try like your best interest is for them to thrive and succeed and be yeah. whole. So if that's how we come to know the truth of another person, what would it mean then? That when God or when that weird when too, that one's Christ like, it's says, like leaving. Maybe even believing things about them that you don't see yet, but you know are just possible. Like you yeah. believing even better about them than the objective yeah. truth of them. Which so, is kind of like religion too, I guess. <laughs> believing even more about it than just the objective, like lay it all out. This is what it says. Thought process. Mm-hmm. There's like we're like bringing a depth to it and a potential to it that we see as truer than than reality. Like something that's truer than what's just the objective reality in front of him. Hmm. I, might, I might have to think on that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if that's true of a relationship, um, that you come to know the truth best through through your loving engagement with them, then what does that mean then about truth itself when Pilate stands in front of Jesus and says, "What what is truth? Mm-hmm. And then Jesus responds, I am the truth. So then, all truth is arrived at through relationship with the Spirit of God. Hmm. Yeah. So to me, that it's like now we're entering into how do we come to know truth? Well, I think we. I think maybe the last time we mentioned that idea that's like it's it's like meeting a person, not coming in contact with an idea. Yeah, it's, it, that, like truth isn't some abstract idea. It's if Christ, if Jesus, if that's the, if that is the truth mm-hmm. of the matter, then then it is a personal thing and a relationship and yeah. a walking side by side with, which makes so much more sense to me actually than mm-hmm. than reading it in a book or you know it's it's a different kind of thing coming yeah. across the correct dogma of like oh this is the truth because this is the correct dogma of all the dogmas that are out there yeah and then back to the shepherd thing you know it's like the sheep hear my voice yeah um, right you know, it's like it's a relationship between the shepherd you know you can like guide them until they like can listen and like oh hey I know that when I hear this voice it's trustworthy and yeah and then maybe a bunch of obviously shepherd analogies you know like the only way in is through the gate you know and and a relationship is dynamic. Like it's right, yeah. It's, um, I don't know. Yeah. And I think back to what I was saying before too is that you know we God has given us each other. You know, and and I have, I'm I'm blanking on the reference, but isn't it that the world will know that He has come because of the way we love each other? Mm-hmm. 
Mm. You know? And it's like, well, yeah, you want to spread the good news. You want to talk about gospel or evangelizing. Or honestly, love your neighbor. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like that's how people will know. And, you know, bringing them to the truth, like, feels so, like, what is it? We must define it. We must know. We must have, you know, what is the truth? And it's I, it's yeah. love. Yeah. You know? And... That that saying of um, nobody cares how much you know until they know, they know, they know right? how much you care. Exactly. Like, that's been on my mind quite a bit mm-hmm. lately. And, I mean, it's cheesy, again, but, like, First Corinthians 13, stuff. it's like, it's true. It doesn't matter if you are super affluent if you give everything you have to the poor it does it if you yeah if you can speak to other worldly beings it's that still doesn't matter it's just noise you know what matters is if you have love and then we know what love is are we an idea of love you know again it's patient and kind and and then you know to the idea of like marriage and like i I think you can love anyone i think the hardest part about love is believing the best or like wanting the best, or like what is, what is this in? I'm blanking on what it is. Um, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. This is NIV. Sorry. <laughs> you were so fast um, with that. That was amazing. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. That is oh, I know man. that's a hard one for me. Uh, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And, you know, then it goes on. And I just think that, like, it doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And it always trusts. And I think that is really, if we, you know, I think a hard part for people is sure, like, you can be patient and kind but to believe the best about somebody is, or you were, you were, what was your little phrase the other day? Um, like never default to ignorant or a, to, oh, to yeah, malice. Oh yeah, attribute, yeah, attribute to malice, but can be explained with ignorance or whatever. Say it again, never attribute <laughs> to, to malice. malice. but can be explained by ignorance. Or, right. Well, maybe not ignorance, but yeah, that's the idea. Like, don't assume they're trying to hurt you. If yeah. it can be easily explained by like they didn't even right think about it and i think just through human conditioning and all the things like we are we get trained in like what's your angle or like why did Mm. you know but that's not love Mm -hmm. you know love believes the best and also coming at christianity with like a us versus them mindset Mm. totally also defeats that idea of like they'll know that christ came from god because of how we love each other you know that the the church exists for the benefit of its non-members as well one of those ideas like we want just as much good for the people that are outside of our group as we do for the people that are inside of our group and then just kind of break down that that innate like tribalism and us and them mentality I think is kind of written out of Christianity or the hope of Christianity which is um, bringing love and believing the best about people that aren't in your group even that are like mm. aren't part of your tribe I think isn't that would would you say that's easier for you to do? Oh, probably. Yeah, it depends. Depends on the person. <laughs> <laughs> easier for you to do as opposed to believe the best about non Christians than believe the best about Christians. I would. Oh. <laughs> I would say I'm not speaking for you, but that, like religious, yeah, yeah, that loving people who are stereotypical Christian-y type. 
you're not it's hard for you to do would you agree I would not disagree okay (laughs) but that would just be actually Daniel and I were talking about how religion is doing the right thing but for the wrong reason Mm -hmm. and so it it like bristles you wrong like you get your hackles up because it's like no 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 you guys are missing the point of and this. it still makes like us in that environment too but the, well but then I, I mean don't you think that we could parse out this is a misunderstanding hmm. but you are separate from that you as a human being are separate from that from the misunderstanding or from yeah right so I right. still love you the person I mean right. it, it's oh, yeah, kind yeah, of like totally. mm-hmm. like there there is that difference between mm-hmm. The sin and love the, the love the Christian hate the Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! <God>. Yep. <laughs> oh, I think we should probably end on your um, really wise quote, wise poem that you wrote off the top yes. of your head, Jackson. Um. No, all I can think. The short one that just came out? Yes. Up? We're talking about whether conquering your death was now right. or then, or now or in the future, and or both, and that's time. And like, what is time? Time is spaghetti with this sauce on it already. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like somehow that is... It's just one of the best things ever. One of the best poems that's ever been written. <laughs> On this, the first day of December 2020. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Time, Time to, to spaghetti be. with the sauce on it. All the- I mean, that's definitely Christopher Nolan. <laughs> that's definitely a Christopher Nolan <laughs> uh, movie in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now I can sum up like a lot of his movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how you have spaghetti. <laughs> then you put on sauce later <laughs> but with Christopher Nolan the sauce is already on the spaghetti yes mm. well one of my favorite actors Joseph Gordon-Levitt now I know what I'll say to him oh yes nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the day you meet him yeah wow gosh it's amazing intense stuff to Christopher Nolan <laughs> My poem mm-hmm. uh, on time. <laughs> time. <laughs> time is spaghetti with the sauce on it already. <laughs> Love, Jaxi House. Wax seal. Ooh, wax seal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I feel like that could go viral. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first on the Lenny and Tyler show. That needs to go with our. Look at that clean with our. We need to put that on t-shirts and start a t-shirt. That'll be the the merch. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I I like it. Um, Okay, so apart from all that, um, just real quick, how have you guys been? I've missed you guys. Yeah, it has been... I think we we talked a little bit a couple weeks ago about the health stuff we've been going through and still feel like Lenny is struggling with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting some answers hopefully tomorrow. He's got an appointment tomorrow, so that's exciting. 
Woo. Woohoo, doctors, Western medicine. Um, and yeah, I am. I will be vague. Vague? Vague. Uh, things might be changing in my mm-hmm. life, and I am excited about it, about what that could mean for um, my time. Mm-hmm. And not spaghetti time, but just like, you know, time with my children and home and things. So anyway, that's pretty cryptic and yep. I'm excited about it. Good. Yeah. And what else? Hmm. Uh, did we tell you Emmett shot a gun for the first time? You did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting. And then we went over Thanksgiving, we went shooting again and uh, he got bullseye. Oh, yeah, I was nice. pretty proud of him. So I've been calling him Bullseye as often as I can remember, too, as a little nickname. Nice. And he just <laughs> looks so proud whenever I say it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What about you? I'm good. Um, I've been, yeah, spending a lot of time thinking over Psalm 23 and this yeah. Hopkins poem and reading. Going back and reading um, the New Testament, kind of in the light of some things that I feel like I understand more now, and it's like, oh, that actually, this is—it's like amazing how I can read Galatians, and I'm like, oh, I get it. I get yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. Like I can kind of give like a overall brief summary of where, why he would be saying what he's saying, <laughs> and. Um, and so, anyways, that's been. It's kind of fun point to be familiar enough with the text to be able to like piece it together from different parts. Yeah. As opposed to being like, "This is the word of the Lord. You should think it's important." You're like, "Okay, cool. Yeah. What? I'm lost." <laughs> yeah. But yeah, fun to actually have like owned enough of it to put stuff together. And um, yeah, I'm just uh, continuing to go to CrossFit. That feels like the one thing that I know, you know, that I need to continue doing, and am uh, like happy to go there, and it's good. Good. I don't really, I don't know that I have, I have very many other things on my plate other than that which is kind of nice yeah november it was when you did paint uh painting every day mm-hmm. yeah yeah that went really well yeah we you feel like you grew as an artist uh yeah oh definitely yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah learned a lot from daniel um learned a lot about like mixing grays mm-hmm. actually so just coming back to there's there's like a uh, kind of a rule in painting of try to not mix more than two colors plus white to get to arrive to any color. Okay. And um, so when you're starting the painting, you're kind of all over your palette, like pulling from all these different colors, and you kind of get it all um, on the canvas, washed in. Or that's called kind of the block in. Right. And then, and that's like a thin wash typically over the canvas, but then you want to go back and add thicker paint on top of that using. Um, this idea of two colors plus white. Okay. And it actually, it's amazing how it just like, it'll still be gray, but it's like a pure, it's like, 
just a better gray <laughs> than the than the than the six colors that might have gotten kind of washed sure. or you know yeah. brought together to make that yeah. gray before. Well, that's cool. So yeah. Um. Yep, that's that's pretty much it. Should we wrap it up? Sounds fine by me. Love you guys. Yeah, thanks for coming over. And uh, let's talk next week or or the week after. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be good to yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.